You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. He's a good God, isn't he? He loves us beyond what we could ever, ever, ever begin to know. You know, this morning, I don't think this is part of the message, but um, while I was praying this morning, you know, um, something, a phrase that we use in economics and quite a few uh, studies or disciplines came to my mind, all things being equal. Where, where else do they use that? They use that in economics and um, what else? Everywhere. All things being equal. And the Lord said to me, things are never equal. Praise the Lord. There is always an enemy. And he gave me the picture of a young couple. On their wedding day, you can see the expectation. You can see the joy. You can see the delight. And you would imagine that all things being equal, it will continue like that, isn't it? But you and I know that it doesn't continue like that. Very soon from honey, the person becomes a bitter leaf. <laughs> Why? Because an enemy comes in. And our Lord Jesus telling us the parable, told us the parable of the man who sowed good seed. And went to sleep, all things being equal. If you put good seed in the ground, what should you see? Only good seed. But all things are not equal. While the man slept, the Bible says an enemy came. So he said from that account in Genesis, you see that all things are not equal. Adam and Eve were blessed beyond measure. They had no lack. They had nothing that should cause them to worry. They had God all to themselves. In fact, some people have said... Adam was the most privileged husband. He had no in-laws. Praise the Lord. <laughs> no in-laws. Okay. But yet he failed. Because all things are not equal. So some of us are thinking if this happens and if that happens. The enemy meets us anywhere. Someone thinks when you get rich, all your problems will be solved. The rich also cry. They told us. Praise the Lord. Or you think is when you don't have anything. All things are just not equal. So we can't wait for heaven. Somebody say, I can't wait for heaven. That is a place where the Bible guarantees us there will be no sorrow. No tears. No pain. No more death. As long as we are here, death, you know, things will be happening. And I don't know whether it's because we are older or it's because of the time we live in. But you just hear death, accident, this one, this one, sickness. You know, people are just dying. Has it always been like this or is it the time that we're in? Dying, dying, dying. Okay. But you know that the same way people are being born every day. Okay. So people are born. The registry is registry of beds and what? Deads. Okay. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you for the privilege we have this evening to gather as a family. We thank you for drawing us to yourself. Lord, you have promised us in your word that where two or more are gathered together in your name, there you are in their midst. Lord, we surrender to your rule. We surrender to your spirit. Spirit of the living God, come and teach us. Open our eyes. Let us behold wonderful things from your word. Let all of us here present and those who watch or following online now, let none of us remain the same. Your word that you speak to us, our spirit and our life. Let the spirit of your word meet with us. 
and let our lives be transformed. And let us become your witnesses in our world in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we'll bring a word for our nation, Nigeria. We say you will be glorified. You will be glorified. You will be glorified. For your glory will share with no man. Men have boasted. Men have imagined. But we say only your good counsel concerning our nation will stand. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Lord, your word says, blessed is the people whose God is the Lord. We are here in this nation and we say, Jehovah, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. He is our God. Blessed be your holy name, O Lord. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Praise the Lord. Okay, on Sunday we, we, we looked at Daniel as um, a case study. We are still actually meditating on the same thing that we began a few weeks ago, which is receiving the love of the truth. Praise the Lord. Second Thessalonians 2 verse 10 talks about those who would perish. And we established that people will perish not because they did not have experience with the truth, but because they rejected the truth. That is one of the areas God will show himself faithful. Nobody will be condemned. It's just like in law. Nobody will be condemned if he never knew. Okay? If he never was confronted with this and this and that. So he says, with all unrighteous deception among those who perish. And we said, why is there perishing? What does it say? Let's read it. It said, because they did not receive what? The love of the truth that they might be saved. I love the Lord because he is good. See, for God so loved the world, what? That he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes, still not wishing that any, for any reason, will perish. So he gave his son that whosoever believes should not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. Praise the Lord. But are people perishing? People are perishing, unfortunately. Okay? So we went on to see that the love of the truth has to be received, has to be embraced. And the other thing we saw last Sunday was um, um, reference to Ephesians 5.18, where it says, Do not be drunk with wine, but what? Rather be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, we see what, what I'm trying to establish here is the uh, uh, two dimensions. You see one side, if you don't receive the love of the truth, then what do you do? The other part, um, verse 11 of that passage, 11 to 12, talks about with all unrighteous deception. So if you don't receive truth, what you do is that automatically you embrace falsehood. Are you with me? If you don't receive truth, then you automatically, there is no neutral ground. All things are not equal. You receive truth, you're saved. You reject truth, you embrace falsehood. And you're giving over to all manner of delusions and all of that. Okay? This other one is saying, do not be drunk with wine, in which is what? Dissipation, but rather what? Be filled with the Holy Spirit. So we see that there are two sides to it also. You can either be filled with the Holy Spirit or be filled with something. Um, science will tell us that what? Nature does what? Abhors a vacuum. There is really no vacuum. Anything that is left is filled with something. Okay? And then we also saw First John 2. Where it puts it, you know, more aptly from verse 15. Where it says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So what we see here is exclusivity. It's either this or that. You can't have the two. And you can't have neither. You can't say, I don't love the world and I don't love the Father. 
such a situation does not exist. Praise the Lord. It's either you are in love with the Father or your word in love with the world. Now, that relationship moves in proportions, okay? So, we establish that. And this evening, we just want to go further and study and see how we can continuously, actively, you know, reject the, uh, the one that we don't want and make ourselves what? Available for the one we want. We said we are vessels. Isn't that what we said on Sunday? We are vessels. So, we want to be filled with the love of God. We want to be filled with the Spirit of God. We want to be filled with the knowledge of the truth. Praise the Lord. Somebody say Amen. So we looked at the example of Daniel on, on Sunday. And we realized that Daniel showed us something. Daniel chapter 1 verse 8. Where the Bible says, Daniel purposed in his heart. Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. So here himself represents his vessel. With the portion of the king's delicacies, no, with the wine which he drank. Okay, therefore he made a request. Go back to verse 5, please. we see what happened there. Verse 5. Verse 5 tells us of the situation Daniel was found in. It says the king chose some men, you know, some young boys who were good looking, you know, uh, um, I don't know how they established the intelligence before then, but people who were, you know, uh, royalty, who were jabotas, who, you know, just had the potential of greatness. And the Bible says the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine which he drank. And three years of training for them, this must be, you know, like Harvard MBA, so that at the end, they might do what? They might serve before the king. If this is not a testimony, I don't know what a testimony is. This was promotion from all angles. Okay, this is, you know... um, Everything anybody could have desired. But we now see few verses down. We see Daniel saying, I will not. I will not partake of this. What is happening here? Daniel is introducing us to how a man, how a person can make choices in this life to fulfill the purpose of God. Praise the Lord. You see, Daniel was, was a teenager, I believe, or preteen even, by the time they were taken captive. When he was being taken captive, I believe at 12, the Jews at 12, consider you mature enough. So he had begun to understand and learn about the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. He had learned the promises and known the type of God that he was to serve. And known the word of this God, the commandments of this God, the laws of this God. So when he found himself here, he saw another kingdom. But something said to Daniel, the kingdom that you're coming from is different from this kingdom. Praise the Lord. And Daniel immediately had a choice to make. Now the Bible tells us he said he will not defile himself. Now for some other person, that word that Daniel called not defiling himself does not sound like defiling at all. It's something to be proud of. What are you, what diet are you on? I'm on the king's diet. Praise the Lord. But because Daniel was saying my vessel will not be used for this. It's mutually, you can't do this too. On Sunday, we looked at where our Lord said to us, where God said to us, come out from amongst them and be what? And be ye separate. And then I will receive you. If you're with them, I can't receive you. Praise the Lord. He said, come out from amongst them and be separate and I'll receive you. He says, I will be a father to you and you'll be what? My son. That's what he said. So for me to have him as father, 
I must reject those people as friends or whatever it is. It's a choice I have to make. And that was the choice Daniel made there. And we could see in verse 20 of that Daniel chapter 1, the result of the test. If you see in 20, this is what 20 says, I'll read it. And it says, and in all matters, I like it, in all matters, not just spiritual, all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them. What did he do? He found Daniel and his friends who did not defile themselves, what? Ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in all his realm. Praise the Lord. This is the result of sanctification. This is the result when the Holy Spirit fills a man. This is what you and I ought to be walking in. Somebody say, Lord, set me apart for you. Lord, set me apart for you. In the name of Jesus Christ. So we looked at the case study, a particular case in that is in Daniel chapter 5, where we see another scenario where the hand, you know, was writing on the wall and the king became troubled and made inquiries and none of the astrologers, none of the magicians again could answer what was going on. They didn't have an interpretation. They couldn't explain what was going on. And the queen mother came and said to this young man, Darius, this younger man, and said, there is a man in your kingdom in whom what? Is the spirit of the living God. I pray you will be sought after in the name of Jesus. You see, that is where we're going to. We're going to heaven, but while we're on earth, we must be distinct. Is someone getting what I'm saying? This is what will help you. Okay, we mentioned, I think we mentioned Romans 12 on Sunday, where it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, right? Who for the joy. Now, there was a joy that was set before him when he will be reconciled with the Father, when he will have many sons come to glory. But for us now, one of the joys we can set before us is being Jesus is here. Praise the Lord. Where we, you and I, are living at a level above and beyond the ordinary. Praise the Lord. Where in your office, in your place of work, you just, they, they, you don't have to, you know, make noise about, but it will be in whisper saying, this boy, this girl, this man has uncommon what? Wisdom. I was telling someone some other time, I said, in your office, even though they may be your bosses, desire that they'll bring their marital problems to you. That is a demonstration of the anointing you will carry. Where they know that they can come and tell you, you know, uh, um, cleaner or whatever it is. Because that is where we are to be strong in. It doesn't matter whether you're the boss. The Daniel we are talking about never became boss. You know that. He was always serving. But the people he was serving were always what? Referring to him. Deferring to him. Praise the Lord. So, so we see what happened there. And in that Daniel chapter 5, we also see an, you know, an insight into what we are, you know, still studied in verse 17, Daniel 5, 17, where he is still telling us what we are learning. Daniel answered and said before the king, the king had said, if you give me this interpretation, I will so reward you. That's what the king said. What did Daniel say to him? Daniel said, let what your gifts be for yourself. He said, as a young boy, I was not excited with the things of your kingdom. At this stage, he probably was in his 80s. So he, he wasn't interested. Praise the Lord. Now, he, the, in the story, they still put it on him. Two different things. One thing is desire. The other thing is being given. 
Jesus said, seek ye first what? The kingdom of God and what? His righteousness. What does it mean to seek? It means to pursue, to desire, to run after. Then what does our Lord Jesus Christ say? He says, these things will what? Will be added unto you. We are not averse to the things of this world, but we will never love them. We will not pursue them. They will pursue us. That is the testimony. Praise the Lord. That's why the Bible says uh, um, concerning faith. It said by it, the elders what? Obtained a good report. They didn't obtain good things, so, so, you know, so to say. They obtained a good testimony. Why? Because they pursued God and God did what? Rewarded them and backed them up. May that be your portion and my portion in Jesus' name. Most importantly, before we leave Daniel and go forward into our study this evening, it's something that I saw, you know, and um, Daniel, most of us know, survived at least three to four kings that are known. Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar, um, Darius, and um, what was the other one? Belshazzar, Nebuchadnezzar, Darius, um, what was the other one? What was the other one? Okay, anyway. If we don't remember. But he survived four kings. All of these kings, those days, kings is not a um, democracy. That you come in and then they vote you out. When a kingdom fell, everybody that was part of that kingdom, what? Is destroyed. Is destroyed. Is the end. Even children go. So for Daniel to survive that number of, you know, that number of regimes, it's saying something to us. We have learned here that the Old Testament captures life long life as equivalent to eternal life in the new testament in the old testament there was not so much emphasis on eternal life so if god blessed a man in the old testament he lived long praise the lord okay but in the new testament because of eternal life because jesus had come eternal life had come with us jesus said he that believes in me though he were dead is what shall live so in the New Testament, length of life was no longer a measure. But Daniel surviving four kingdoms in the Old Testament was saying something to us. Daniel chapter 12 verse 3. Before we move from there. It was talking about something. This has been my desire for many years. Now, it says those who are wise. Let's read it together everybody. It says those who are wise. I can't hear you. Those who are wise shall what? Shine like the brightness of the firmament. And those who turn many to righteousness. How? Like the stars forever and ever. Praise the Lord somebody. Somebody claim that scripture for himself or herself. Claim it for yourself. In the name of Jesus. You know why? The world has celebrities. The world has stars. And what are these stars? They rain for two years, three years, depending if they are raining because of their beauty. After some time, they become ugly. If they are raining because of their music, after some time, it becomes old. Okay? And they are stars. The world calls them stars. But they are stars that the heaven recognizes. And it says, these stars, what happens to them? They are stars forever. May you be a star forever in the name of Jesus. And the qualification for this stardom or this starhood is what? You turn many, many to righteousness. And the good thing is I don't have to use the microphone to do that. It can just be your witness. I met an old friend who was my colleague in the bank after I got born again. And he's a star, that's the truth. Because his life encouraged me. His life challenged me. He's not a preacher. But his lifestyle, his Christianity encouraged me and, you know, strengthened me. 
Those who turn men into righteousness. This is what we pursue. Praise the Lord. We are not pursuing notoriety like the world. No, we pursue this. And because this was the place Daniel found himself, we could see him outliving kings and kingdoms. Thank you, Jesus, for that will be your portion and my portion in the name of Jesus. So what he did, we want to see what he did and learn from it so that we can walk in it. Second Timothy chapter 2. And then we'll, learn, we'll look at a few other passages and establish it and pray. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 19. <clears throat> verse 19. It says, Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands having this steel. The Lord knows those who are his. Let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. 20. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some for honor and some for dishonor. 21. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Can you put 20 and 21? 20 and 21. Okay. But in a great house, there are not only what? Vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some for honor and some for dishonor. Stop there. Based on this verse, which one do you want to be? Okay, is that the only thing? But there is gold there. We all want to be vessels of honor. But there is also gold. Okay, I'm going somewhere. You see, this verse says to us that in a great house there is gold, there is silver, there is wood, and there is clay. Then it says in verse 21, If anyone cleanses himself from the latter, which is dishonor, he shall become what? A vessel for honor, sanctified and useful. So, when you cleanse, it doesn't matter whether you were wood. It doesn't matter whether you were clay. Automatically, what do you become? A star, a vessel of what? Gold. So, the material you are made with, that's why the Bible says we carry this treasure in what? Earthen vessels. In the kingdom, it's not the body that matters. It's who are you carrying. Praise the Lord. It is who is, who is going with you. That's why we learned here that God said to Moses, I am that I am has sent you. It doesn't matter whether you're a fugitive. It doesn't matter whether you're a warrior. It doesn't matter whether you can, you know, you're a professor of English. You know, Moses said, I can't speak. He says, I am has sent you. Why? You a vessel, I'm filling you up. So what this passage is saying to us here is this, that for the Christian, our primary assignment is an assignment of what? Cleansing. And this is a message that is not popular. It says, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from dishonor, that's why the 19th verse we read says, the foundation of the Lord stands sure. Having this award, the Lord what, knows those who are his. How does he know those who are his from here? How does he know? Is it from signs and wonders? Is it from popularity? Is it from noise? No, it's not of those things. He said, let everyone who names the name of the Lord what, depart from iniquity. That's how you will know. So he comes to us now, 21, says, if anyone cleanses himself from the letter... Okay, let's see that 21 in Amplified. Verse 21, please, in Amplified. It says, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, which are dishonorable, disobedient, 
sinful. You'll be a vessel for honor, sanctified, set apart for a special purpose and useful to the master. This evening, we want to look at the things that we, you know, need to actively cleanse ourselves from. So that automatically, you see, this thing works automatically. Once the cleansing happens, what happens? Automatically, you're available for what? For the master's use. So we want to look at the scriptures and see a few things that are there. The first thing we want to take note of is John the Baptist. John the Baptist, John 3 verse uh, 30 says, I must, first, okay, he says, he must increase and I must what? Decrease. When we start this journey, the first assignment we have to do is that you have a will. God has a will. Praise the Lord. I have a will. He has a will. That's what our Lord Jesus came to teach us. He came as a man to show us that a man can submit and surrender completely and totally to the will of the Father, to the will of God. He taught us. Now, imagine, the Bible says Jesus, our Lord Jesus, had the spirit without measure. And yet, he will say, I do nothing of my own. May I be promoted to that level in Jesus' name. I think it was I get connected today that we're praying, let us be spirit-led. I mean, what a place to be. Where you know that everything you're doing is what the Father said to do. Praise the Lord. The Bible t- speaking to us in Hebrews, our Lord Jesus, consider our Lord Jesus Christ, sacrifices and offerings you've not what? Desired. But a body you have prepared for me. In the volume of your book, it is written concerning me, I delight to do your will. That is growth. That is attainment. That is superman stat- uh, uh, status. Where all you do is what he wants you to do. May the Lord grant us that in Jesus' name. So John the Baptist said, he must increase, but I must what? Decrease. Do you think uh, 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 Daniel and his friends refusing the comfort and the benefits of the king's you know, diet, was it an increase or decrease? They were decreasing. These people were slaves. They were all slaves. They were captured. So they said, let's select these people and you know, take care of them and you know, just you know, put some, some dignity on them. Put some class on them and then use them. But Daniel and his friends said, we don't want your class. Praise the Lord. So they said, okay, you don't want it. Let's see. Let's keep you somewhere there. When they kept them somewhere down there, they realized that these people without their, uh, uh, um, what will I say now? Without their pampering and whatever it is. That these other people turned out what? Ten times better. Why? When these people were increasing in the ways of the king and the kingdom, these people were emptying themselves and were making themselves available for the king of kings to fill them. When they brought them side by side, these people were full of the Babylonian kingdom. These other people were full of the heavenly kingdom. That's how come there was no basis for comparison. If you read the story, it says they were ten times better, not than their contemporary, than their teachers. Somebody say, I love you, Lord. Those are the things he does. So he says, I I must decrease. For the Christian who wants to become, you know, a star forever. Who wants to become all that God, you know, wants him to be. These things that we're reading. One of the things you must desire is, Lord, you increase. Never my will, but your will. So it becomes a journey. Praise the Lord. Remember, you know, remember which is so easy to, you know, uh, overlook, that our Lord Jesus Christ says, unless a man be born again, he cannot see.
the kingdom of God, isn't it? Praise the Lord. So unless a woman, you know, brings forth a child, there is no human being. Praise the Lord. But is it everybody who is brought forth that is alive? It's the beginning. Unless a man be born again, he cannot see. Then he says, unless what? Be what? Born of, of the spirit. He cannot enter. Now the Bible says, as many as are led of the spirit, it says what? These are the sons of God. There is a progression. Praise the Lord. That's what I'm trying to establish. There is a progression. So there is the burning, there is the birth, and then there is the growth. Praise the Lord, somebody. There is the birth and there is the growth. And the growth here we are seeing is that this growth is by the decreasing of myself. That's why you can see somebody who has been born again for two months. And you're excited. He's diffusing the fragrance of Christ. You see another person who's been born again for 20 years. And there's just carnality all, all over him. One person has not grown. One person is growing. May we all grow in Jesus' name. So it's a journey of emptying that the Lord might fill us. We are vessels. When I get born again, I am something. Paul the Apostle, trying to capture this for us, says, I count all things but dung. For the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. He, he, he listed his qualification. Born, you know, circumcised on the eighth day. A Jew of Jew of the tribe of Benjamin. You know, concerning this one, Pharisee, all of that. But when he got born again, he started a journey of putting those things down. So that what? Christ could be magnified in him. Some persons are born again and each time you hear them, you hear who they were. What they did. Praise the Lord. I was there for a while. I remember those days. I don't know how long ago it was. But I remember those days when. From time to time. You know how challenges of Christianity and all of that. And maybe the path you're following. You know comes to you. And I will mention. I I probably mentioned it in church a couple of times. And I'll say my mates in the bank. That's nonsense. Because some of your mates are dead. Some of your mates are in, you know, EFCC. Some of your mates, you know, lost their jobs. Who are your mates? Which one did you choose? Who told you which class of your mates you would have belonged to? My mates are this. My mates are this. No, everyone who is born again has been brought into the privilege of experiencing and entering the unsearchable riches of Christ. You can never be looking back if you truly have seen him. It's not possible. Praise the Lord. Where I'm coming from? No, where I'm coming from is, is, is dung compared to the one who has called me and given me the glorious privilege of being a co-liberal in his kingdom. The greatest honor you and I can have is to be called servant of Christ. Praise the Lord. That is it. So Paul was teaching us that. So there's an emptying and there's a feeling. We keep emptying ourselves. So when we come, you see, these are foundations of relationship in the church. That's why you still find some, you know, people feeling I'm insulted, I'm ignored, I'm this. Who are you? Who, who do you think you are? Praise the Lord. Where God is fellowshipping with men. You a man are thinking you're too big to fellowship with another man. Are you the devil? There are two categories. God, man, devil. God is above us. He comes down. We are all men. You can't come down. Are you the devil? Praise the Lord. So there's emptying and there's feeling, there's dying and then there's living. You know, we don't have the time, but pray, pray sometime we might have the time. So we understand baptism. Baptism by immersion is a sign, is a demonstration of something that should continue to happen. 
Buried with Christ, reasoning with him. Buried with Christ, reasoning with him. Buried with Christ, reasoning in him. In baptism, we are demonstrating that the old life has expired. And that there is a newness of life. I'm a new person. I'm not who I used to be. Praise the Lord. That's what I demonstrate. And you know, the days when this thing started, baptism was done on Facebook. You know the way people take a COVID-19 jab. Have you wondered the injection that people take and post pictures? That's one of the reasons, you know, I don't even understand what that. Why must everybody take any post picture? Anyway, it's a picture of baptism. In those days, baptism was done. The water area was where everybody gathered. So if you were baptized, you can't even go back to your old friends. When you're coming, they'll run away from you. And then the ones who are Christians will run to you. Why? Because it's a demonstration. It's a declaration. But you know now, when we do baptism, we'll do it at the back. So someone can come out from baptism and still go to the beer pal and drink. If you did baptism in those days, they won't even sell you beer. They'll say, have you come here to spoil our business? Go, go, go. It was a public demonstration. By baptism, your colleagues, if you took bribe, they will shout at you. They will go and report you to the pastor. That's what. So maybe now, maybe Pastor Lord, we should do a fresh set of baptism and post on social media. The way people are posting their COVID-19 jab. I've taken the jab. You say I've been baptized. Watch me. Imagine if every Christian in Nigeria did that. And then we say this is what baptism means. Buried with Christ, dead with Christ to the things of the world. Minding only heavenly things. Praise the Lord. So if someone sees you fighting with your wife, say, do they fight in heaven, brother? If your answer is no, then that fight has to end. Praise the Lord. So it's dying and living. It's yielding. Basically the same thing. And then being used. Why this is important for us to learn is that you will see that somehow, you know, the true Christian life, it's not that difficult. But it's dicey. We're going to see as we go on. Praise the Lord. You know, the Bible says God catches the wise in their own word, craftiness. It's not too difficult. I mean, it's challenging. But he's made the provision that you and I can make it. He's our father. Just like any good father. No good father wants the son to be weak. But at the same time, you don't want to kill your son. Are you getting it? So, we are, we are to grow. We are to mature. Okay? And he puts things in place, but never things that we can't handle. That's why the Bible say, no, will say, no temptation has befallen you, but what? Such as is common to man. And God is faithful. Who will not allow you to be tempted, what? Beyond, child of God, brother, sister, the trial you're facing now is not too difficult. God knew you can handle it before he permitted it. And you handle it never by compromise. It will be by holding on to his standards. And the Lord's grace will abound to you in Jesus' name. Okay? So we also do this by yielding and being used. Romans 6 is a passage I think we know very well. Romans 6, 16. It says, do you not know? 16. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves... Slaves to obey. King James will say servants to obey. He said you are that one's slaves whom you obey. Whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. To whom you present yourselves. To whom you present yourselves. 
to whom you present yourself. So you have a choice as to whom what? To present yourself. And then whoever you present yourself to, then, you know, the person takes you from there. I trust that we tonight are presenting ourselves to God. Amen. And that he will use us for righteousness in Jesus' name. He said, when we yield to him, he leads us on. That's what happened with Daniel. In fact, you know, Daniel, when he said, I will not defile myself. You think he imagined all we are reading now? He didn't imagine it. He couldn't. No story to tell him. You and I have the story now. He couldn't imagine. That's why the three Hebrew boys, the, his friends, when it was about the you know, temptation of bowing before Nebuchadnezzar, they, what did they say? They said, ah, King, we're not careful to answer you. Okay? The God we know is able to save us. However, we don't know, you know if he will save, but just know we're not bowing. Simple. When Daniel started, he didn't plan to be a star. He just yielded himself. And it's the same thing. When you and I yield ourselves, we don't know how far it will go. Are we getting it? We just don't know. We don't know where the testimonies will be popping up. And like, you know, that that told us there many years ago. He said somebody he prayed for as a student Christian in 1972 or 73. Told him maybe sometime in 2000. That you know that day when you prayed for me. Once I got home, I was healed. Do you know God used you to work a major miracle in my life? And for almost 50 years, the person didn't tell him. Do you understand? So when you present yourself to God, God works things through you. You may never know. Do you understand? But in your record in eternity, there will be people who will say to you, there is this song that says, I'm the one who was saved because you gave. I'm the one who was blessed. Many will come and say to you, brother, do you know it was you that I saw? And run this race to the finish. That's the way it works. To whomsoever you present your members. So we see this is what it is. It's an issue of presentation. An issue of presentation. Refusing this and yielding to this. Refusing this and yielding to this. Refusing this and yielding to this. Okay. So uh, we, we said we're going to look at what are the things we're going to empty ourselves of. Try and identify them quickly. The first and the most important one. For the born again Christian. Which I see is where we have a lot of challenges as a church today. Is the fear of death. I don't know how you can believe that Jesus died and rose again for your sake. And he has called us to this kingdom. And you are still afraid of death. It's not fair. Whosoever shall believe that Jesus Christ died for his sins. And then that God raised him from the dead. Shall what? Be saved. The same God that raised Jesus. The Bible says, if the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, is also one. Able to quicken your mortal bodies. So, the strongest anchor we have as believers is the resurrection. It's the resurrection. And you know what? Unfortunately, because we are not celebrating, we are not embracing, we are not holding it. The people of the bond woman, they've taken it. Raj, it's Raj, I saw Raj. It was right that was telling me that as primary school students, five years, six years, they were teaching them the type of virgins they would see in heaven. How their breasts would reach to the ground. How their hair, you see their hair, how this and this would. As, as little children, these are people who don't have heaven. So they so teach them about life after this life. That they are willing to do anything for their faith. 
But when we bring our own people, we're only teaching them about uh, New York, Dubai, Canada. Eh? We're teaching them helicopter, helicopter, airplane. We're teaching them my house is bigger. So anything that will cost that house, they're not ready to go. That's why a young boy, the, the son of one of the richest men in Nigeria, will leave Nigeria, want to go to join ISIS, or not even want to go, join ISIS and came here to, you know, be uh, uh, our first uh, uh, export of terrorism. Why? Because he was looking to go to, he, maybe he probably talked to a few girls who didn't answer him. He said, what am I doing with all of you? Niger babes, when he can get a heavenly angel. Let him just blow up and take 70. John, we, we should laugh about it, but we should weep about it. The fear of death. The fear of death. Let, let, let's look at the scripture. Hebrews 2, 14 and 15. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release, let's read this together everybody, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. All through their lifetime. The main source of bondage for Christians is that they are not ready to receive their reward. What the Paul says, he says, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. If you're still afraid of death, may deliverance come from the Spirit of God in Jesus' name. Why should you be afraid of going to your master? To your father, going home. It's home. It's home. Praise the Lord. Jesus stood. They were stoning Stephen. He didn't stop the stones. What did he do? He stood to receive him. He said, son, come home. Stephen saw where he was going. He also didn't pray. Lord, kill them. He said, Lord, forgive them. I'm going. That's why there's no holiness in church. Because people are not preparing for heaven. We are all planning to dengue here. Nobody. But these people don't have it. They don't have heaven. They don't have eternal life. They don't have it. But that is the, that's what they have. That's why they are creating impact. That's why they are causing all the confusion. That's why people, our own people are running. But they are pursuing. Whereas this is in the Bible. What are we talking about? As long as a man. And it's worse. You know. I pray. I always pray for the churches in the north. I thank God that they haven't closed shop. If somebody in Lagos is planning to run. What about the people in Medugri? Do you get what I'm talking about? Okay. So. So. The fear of death, you must pray it out of you. The only concern is with, you know, uh, uh, death of the righteous. Where you die, going to meet him. It's, in fact, Jesus did not call the Christian dying. He said, sleep. Say, let's go, that we may wake Lazarus up. No, the Christian doesn't die. The Spirit of God is in you. It's just travel. Praise the Lord. It's just travel. You leave this, you know, sin-infested world and you go home. That's what it is. So that's the first thing that we have to be emptied of. Because it will hinder your service. It will hinder your dedication. It will hinder how far God will use you. If you think, if you don't want to agree with me, go home and read the New Testament and see the apostles, see their attitude to life. It's not that you're going to have a death wish. Praise the Lord. 
No, I'm not saying go and, and put yourself to be killed. I'm not saying if there's an opportunity to defend yourself. I'm not saying if there's something that is bad, you should take it. No, I'm just saying that you should know that death for you is not punishment. I think it was Josh, Josh, Josh that was ministering I Get Connected. Yes. And he said the worst thing the devil can do to a human being is to kill the person. Now, if you're a Christian and the devil says he's killed, what has he done? How many of us play Ludo here? I know you're all big guys. You play only chess. In Ludo, eh? there's a place that you go, it's victory, is it not? Mm-hmm. It's called home. Praise the Lord. So, what's the worst? Death. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay, so we have to be emptied of that. I want us to quickly take a story and just capture some of those things we are, we are talking about. Come with me to Acts chapter 4, please. Trust that the Spirit of God will do the thing that only He can do. So that you and I, the church, that will be vessels of the mighty God. In Acts chapter 4, verse 36, a story um, begins there. Oh well, they are telling us what was happening in the early church. Verse 32 says, um, The multitude of those who believe were one heart and one soul, neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. Okay, verse 34 says, No, was there anyone among them who lacked? For all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet and they distributed to each one, to each as anyone had need. 36. And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus. Having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. So, see what is happening here? You know, everybody was excited. The fellowship, the church, there was just love and unity. And Barnabas, the Barnabas was actually a nickname. Barnabas, son of encouragement, he must just be a blessing. I pray that Barnabases will abound in this place in Jesus' name. I pray that I will also even be one. Amen. Okay, so Barnabas, son of encouragement, sold what he had, brought the money. Everybody was saying, Bana, Bana, Barnabas, Barnabas. They were just hailing him. The next verse says, but, I'm going somewhere. The next verse says, but a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. Notice the word, but, hmm? because they're connected. And he kept back part of the proceeds. His wife also being aware of it and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, was it not your own? So this proves to us that the selling was not by compulsion. The, past, the prophets didn't announce to every church member, go and sell your land and bring. So he said, while it remained, was it not your own? After it was sold, was it not in your own control? You could have brought it and said, I'm bringing 5% of what I sold. I'm bringing 50. Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. But look at what he said there before. He said, why, verse 3 says, why has Satan filled your heart? You know, what we're learning is feeling, right? That's what we're, that's the main thing we're studying in this time. That you are always filled with what? Something. Why did Satan fill his heart? Because, one, he had not emptied himself of what we see in John 12, 43. Please help me quickly. If you're taking us, John 12, 43. 
What does he say? Read for me. For the love, the praise of men more than what? The praise of God. The praise that Barnabas got was what moved them. They really didn't want to give church anything. But you see, because in that church, when they bring offerings, tithe, they come to the front. Those with 5 million here. Those with 500,000 here. Those with 50,000 there. Those 1,000. See the ushers at the back. So Barnabas said, this is my 5 million. And they brought him, everybody prayed for him. And Ananias and Sapphira, they were sitting at the back. They said, tomorrow is our turn. Now the issue is this. Like Peter asked them, what is it? Is it not your own? Why did Satan fill their heart? Because they had a hunger for the praise of man. More than they had for the praise of God. Now we can look at them. You and I must judge ourselves. How many things do we do for the praises of man? How many actions? How many choices? How many responses? How many decisions? How many principles are people pursuing now because of the praises of men? You and I must empty ourselves. You see, I fought with this thing to the extent that I was in a place some time ago, a few years ago. You know, it was a pastor's meeting. And they started raising this money. And they now say, those with this amount, you know the way it becomes embarrassing. People are now looking at you. They are going down. They are looking at you. And then maybe you dress well. They are now wondering, ah, hey, is he not hearing? So the person announcing will say, we are saying those who will give, they have gone from 100,000 to 50 to 5, and you are still sitting there. I said to myself, if they lie, let them throw, uh, uh, what is it they throw to people they are angry with? Egg at me. I'm not standing. But you know what? I bet you I was one of the first who gave money. Because when I left, then they did, I wasn't doing transfer. I came back to Abuja. I went to the man and gave him my own contribution. Do you understand? I said to God, let it be known that I'm not interested in the praises of men. In fact, I'd rather men call me stupid and God calls me wise. I don't even want, you see, if men call me wise and God calls me wise, that's okay. But I will even prefer men thinking because that will be the surprise. For the praises of men. A lot of things people are doing in church today is for the praises of men. That's what killed Ananias. Not just that. The other one is the pride of life. 1 John 2, 16. The loss of the eyes, the loss of the flesh, and the pride of life. See, because, okay, you sold. The Bible says Barnabas brought all. So if he brought half, they will not praise him like Barnabas. Maybe there was another nickname that they were reserving. They won't give him that nickname because Barnabas brought all. You, you're bringing some. So he wouldn't have it. But he needed that applause. He needed that category. This is what happened in Nigeria and that began to spoil Nigeria. Do you know when 419 people started taking chief chancy titles? Do you know when doctorate became for the highest bidder? So, so people just do all kinds of things. Once you just bring money, they give you doctorate. Once you just bring money, they give you this. Once you bring money, they give you this. That's how we started falling. Now, who can proudly call himself chief? Nobody proudly calls himself chief. Because once somebody says chief, say 409. That's what they're almost doing to pastor now. Once somebody says I'm pastor this. Ah. That's, there was a time if somebody said he was a chief, we all stood up to respect the person. 
But when they started selling chieftaincy for money, he lost his value. The pride of life. The pride of life. That was it. This couple wanted the pride. They wanted to be said to be in this group. The enablers group. The treasurers. The this. So somebody who is a Christian. Listen. Somebody who goes to church and reads this Bible. Will go to his office and steal to bring money to church. I can understand. Steal and you know. Steal and, uh, and do what? And go and buy chief tansy. But don't steal and bring to church now. What, what are you talking? We are saying people shouldn't see. We are saying the unbeliever shouldn't steal. They should repent and come and join us. Then you that are here, you're living here to go and steal. To bring so that we will honor you. That's why sometimes it's as though Pastor Kenna, you know, doesn't respect uh, rich people. I, I really don't. I respect the righteous. It's not the, the wealth is not the problem. The only thing I know is that it's not all hardworking, it's not all righteous people that are rich. So let me respect all hardworking and righteous people, whichever category they're falling. But a lot of people can't handle that. They give special rest and it grieves my heart when I see men of God, particularly honoring the wealthy. Wealth can be made by crook or crook. Why make that a criteria? Praise the Lord. Why make that a criteria? That's why I mentioned last Wednesday about those talking about poverty. The Bible never insults the poor. Neither does the Bible in any way honor the rich. Because they're rich. There's no, you will never say it. If anything, the Bible keeps warning the rich and keeps encouraging the poor. You know, but preachers that are preaching the world system and world psychology, they make the poor feel bad and make the rich feel that they've arrived. What's that for? So that you can associate with them because someone has money. You know, I don't, it may, Lord help us. Have mercy. Okay? So empty yourself of the love of praise of men. Empty yourself of pride of life. Then Luke 16 verse 15. Luke 16. I love Jesus speaking there again. It says there. It says you are those who justify yourselves before men. But God knows your heart. It says for what is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. I wish you had time when you go home. Look at these passages in other translations. Amplify will say it's detestable. This is one of the things. Wealth is highly esteemed amongst men. There are lots of places. If you're rich, you have to be ordained a minister. What, what are we waiting for? Look at her. Look at her. Look at her bag. Look at her car. Look at, do you know where she walks? Look at him. Look at him. And then automatically you become a minister. Highly esteemed amongst men. But God is looking and saying, I can't find anything in this one. These are things that we empty. You see, what I'm trying to teach you is things that will allow God use you just how he wants to use you. You know, I tell people, don't think I can't function in another way. There was a time I was consultant fundraiser. Do you understand? There was a time I was consultant fundraiser. If they are raising money, redeem, they'll call me. Now, if you call me for fundraising now, you'll be very angry with me. Because the things that work, you know, I won't allow it. Why? Because I don't want to mislead anybody. I mean, giving money to the work of God is an expression of love. If you're not giving, your love is dying. It's as simple as that. But if you're giving for show, that's the problem. We won't know whether you are Barnabas or Ananias. That's why we shouldn't encourage that. So that any giving that comes, you know that it's from the heart. But once you make it open, 
You'll be endangering the lives and destinies of men. Ananias fell down immediately. Who do we know whether they are falling down 60 years later? There are people that are being honored and clapped for in, you know, in so-called church environment. But God is looking at them and saying, I told somebody the other time, I said, the problem I have with exalting wealth in church is that there are common denominators of, those, of what God loves. When you come in, God loves humility. God loves you to love your neighbor. Now, no matter the amount of money you have or you don't have, hear the word of God. Let it deal with you. Let me not come and separate you because you brought one billion and sit you here. Then when you sit down here, your wife probably is sitting there and you beat her the previous day. You say, hey, I beat you, but hey, where I'm sitting? Don't you know that's happening in many churches? Many environments? Because of the money they bring, they've been exalted. So where they're exalted, the word of God comes under them. They can't hear again. And the preacher is responsible. Because they become testimonies of who God has blessed. Whereas God is not happy with them. They have money. But you forget that the richest people in our world, the first hundred rich people, is there any Christian amongst them? I don't know which Bible they're preaching. The Old Testament days are when the physical and the spiritual were met. So when God was pleased with a man, he gave him money. Now, when God is pleased with a man, he gives him his Holy Spirit. John 5, 44. Just, these things are similar. I'm one area. Notice I'm not even talking about fornication. And, you know, those things. For cleansing. Because this is part of it. This is the root of it. When you begin to see things from the perspective of God. How many young people have defiled themselves because of pressure? They come back from the weekend and everybody's just saying, ah, this is what I did. This is what I didn't do. And then the young person is feeling out of the way. No, when they come, tell them, this is what I didn't do. Praise the Lord. Tell them, this is what I didn't do. I'm a child of God. Hey, hip hop the hooray. I'm a child of God. Hip hop the hooray. I'm born again. Hip hop the hooray. I'm SU. Do you care what I'm talking about? Who cares? Praise the Lord. The Christian, we don't understand what we have. Stars forever. John 5, 44. Finally, we, we, we take this one and we close. It says, how can you believe? Who do what? Read it for me, everybody. And do not seek the honor that comes from the only God. How can you believe? Josh was ministering at Get Connected yesterday. And he said something so important. He said, he said loving the world and loving God. Just I don't know exactly how he put it. But the point he was making is this. If the children would rather be at home because of lack of school fees, than for him to compromise his faith to make money. Do you know what that means? They send your children back from, from school. They call you, you go and pick them and kiss them and take them home. Your wife might be screaming or the husband might be the one or either way. And you take them home. You're trusting God. An opportunity comes out for compromise. You refuse. Why? Because you love God. If you steal money and send them back to school, you go and tell the school, don't do that again. I brought them back. Don't insult me because of money. I paid it. What you have done is that you have sought honor at a lower dimension and gotten dishonor from where it matters. You see, Christianity is simple. If you get this understanding, it will be easy. If they are insulting you, keep your head like this. Let them be putting it on the head. Are you getting what I'm talking about? You don't have to prove anything to... The only one we are proving things to is Jesus. We love you. We love you. And do you know what? He's a faithful God. 
he will show himself faithful. He will bring a testimony. The songwriter says, behold, he comes. He will come for the righteous. But how many people are still waiting for? It says, how can you believe who receive on? Which means you're ready to be dishonored because you're believing him. That talks about marriage for a lot of us. That talks about a lot of issues that the society has put. The fruit of the womb. Ah, ah, sister, four years. Sister, five years. And then, should I go and disobey God? Should I dishonor God because of something? No, are we getting what we are talking about? This is, he said, how, notice that word. Is a decree. Just permit my, is a decree. It means it is impossible to believe. If you receive honor, if somebody can tell you well done, and it will be higher and stronger than the Holy Spirit saying bad done. That's Christianity. When you have these guidelines, little things that guide you. You know, we mentioned here some time ago that we're in a time where parents get expo for their children. Why? So that their children will pass. Not even parents. Schools now is a part of school plan. They get expo so that the schools can have a lot of aid. This is what we're talking about. There's a song that says, I'm a vessel full of power without treasure from the Lord. We're going to ask the Lord, fill my vessel. Fill me up. I don't want any other thing to fill me. I don't want any other. I I want to just be loved by you. I want to love you alone and to be loved by you. You are not for me. You know, part of our relationship is described as marriage. Do you understand? It's marriage. You know the thing about marriage is that when you get married, you should be blind to what is on your left and what is on your right. Because you have done. Do you get what I'm saying? We are married to him. Lord, your portion, what you give to me, let me take it. What you've not given to me, let it go. I will wait on the Lord. I will trust in the Lord. He knows the path that I take. God knows us. God loves us. We, we don't have the time. I would have gone down to Joseph. And you see how God ordered Joseph to the top by reason of what you're learning. If Joseph did not follow this path that you and I are learning, he would never have gotten to the top. So people talk about the favor. That's what I was trying to refer on, on Sunday when I said Daniel favor. Well, favor came, or Joseph favor. What was the favor when he was running from Potiphar's wife? Do you get what I'm talking about? The favor comes in response when you make your vessel. Once you just empty the vessel, favor will fill it. But if the fe- vessel is full of iniquity, full of dishonorable things, full of things, where the favor will come and fall at the outside of the bucket. Let's rise on our feet and ask the Lord to fill us. Fill us. Maybe we should take first of all, here's my cup, Lord, fill it up. I ask the Lord, fill me up. Anything that is in me. Any thought, every belief, every concept that I've held on to that is not allowing you express yourself for me, through me, in me. Lord, take it off of me. I want to be a vessel in your hand. I want to be your vessel. I want to be your Christian. In today's Nigeria, I want to be your servant. I want to be your daughter. I want to be your son. I want to be your husband. I want to be that wife. I want to be that student. I want to be that young lady. I want to be that young man. Lord, I surrender myself to you. I yield my members. I yield my... Your businessman. Ask the Lord, this is my company. I consecrate it to you. I dedicate it to you. Ask the Lord, this is my family. This is my in-laws. This association, this relationship, this gifting, this position. Ask him, Lord, I surrender. I surrender, Lord. 
I surrender. Some of us listening to me are in very difficult situations. I know the spirit of the Lord bears witness. And he's saying, I know where you are. Allow me use you. Allow me work with you. Allow me make a song out of your trial. Allow me gain glory. Lord, help me. I need you to pray. Say to the Lord, this is me. And I'm surrendering this vessel. You will gain the glory in my life. You alone, you alone, you alone, you alone. Help me. Help me. Help me not to be afraid. Help me not to look to man. Help me not to find any other thing as a satisfaction. You are my God. I surrender it all to you. I surrender it all to you. You are. You are. Come and fill me up. Come, O Lord. I empty myself. I empty myself. I empty myself. Lord, come and fill me. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your spirit of mind. Your spirit of power. Your spirit of wisdom. Yes, Lord. I'm making myself available. Supply the favor. Supply the blessing. Supply all. Feel me, Lord. Yes, Lord. Feel it up. I surrender to you. I surrender to you. I surrender to you. Lord, behold your sons. Behold your daughters. He said, to whomsoever we present our members, servants to obey. Tonight as a church, we are dedicating, we are surrendering, we are yielding to you. We're going to pray from, from where we read in 2 Timothy chapter 2.20. He said, if anyone cleanses himself from the letter, He'll be a vessel fit for the master's use. We're going to pray. I want you to pray for yourself. We talked about Barnabas. Praise the Lord. Barnabas at the start may have just been, you know, a businessman. I don't know whatever he was, but he must have had some money. But later on, it was the same Barnabas that the Bible says, separate for me. Barnabas and Paul. So this thing, it grows. Power. Praise the Lord. The, the type of power to heal the sick to raise the dead to turn situations around spiritual power authority do you understand what I'm saying that the Lord will use you that the Lord will use us that the Lord will use you he will use you he will use you spiritually he will use you materially he will use you in your career he will use you that you will be an example you will be a witness we talked about Daniel in whom there is light there is wisdom there is understanding he is gifted he is you know he beats the world anytime Lord help me by your anointing cause me to excel yes for those in different careers engineers programmers doctors artists businessmen musician whatever it is the anointing makes the difference lord let your anointing follow me let me be a witness of an anointed vessel of the most high god even as a wife as a husband anoint me lord let the anointing make a difference in my life let me be a vessel full of your power
together, but we say when God is pleased with a man, he gives him his Holy Spirit. Spirit of the living God, I surrender. Use me. Use me. Use me. Mazuyaka, Sulaka, Pakate, Ekalababa. Use me, Lord. Uncommon wisdom. The Bible said of Samuel that his words could not fall to the ground. Lord, give me insight. Give me understanding. Give me audacity. Give me authority. Let me have power with you. That I may have power with me. Masuya kapo. Give me divine inspiration. Direction. Not inventions, oh Lord. Koshaka la godozale. Gerebababa seta la gadabo. Koshaka la bozanda. Masusha kebababa. Mantele gerebado salagarabo sondo. In the name of Jesus Christ. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158804. You can find us online at www www.thefatherschurchonline.org God bless you.